Marie. Welcome to the Cook Coterie Podcast. In this episode, I have a chat with Teresa Tuck, also known as the Ritual Queen. Teresa was a people pleaser for decades and is now an author, certified life coach, aromatherapist, and Reiki energy worker. She teaches us about self-care rituals and gives us tips on how to start having personal rituals that can help us be more in tune with ourselves. Enjoy! Hi, Teresa. Welcome, welcome. I'm so excited for our conversation today. How are you doing? I'm wonderful, Marie. Thanks. I'm happy to connect. Awesome. So I first wanted to start by asking you, what exactly is a ritual and how did you become the ritual queen? Yeah, I would love to share that. Um, So a ritual... I know it can have like this connotation of being like something really woo-woo and witchy, but for me what a ritual is, is it's just a routine that you do with purpose and intention and mindfulness behind it. So when you switch over, like if you have like a regular morning routine that you do, you can just switch it over to becoming something a little more sacred and special and making it a ritual by just putting like intention and purpose behind it. So, and you know, people will always say to me like, well, I don't really know like what intention to set for my morning routine or whatever. And I always say you can't go wrong with love. Like just you're you're doing it with the purpose of love, whether it's for yourself or for your family. Um, but yeah, to me, that's that's the purpose of a ritual is just to make a routine more sacred and special by just having, you know, mindfulness around it and really make it purposeful towards your end okay, goal. So basically adding intention and just making your habit and habits and routines more consciously done instead of going through the motions. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just be mindful about it. Like I even say like a cup of tea can become like something special. So when you're doing it, you you actually take time to do it. You don't just you don't just like throw the kettle on, throw the bag in, wait for it to you know, go off, pour your water in and like be done. Like actually I'm going to make this cup of tea and I'm going to enjoy the process. Like I'm going to slow down for a minute and I'm going to do this for myself because I deserve it. I'm going to give myself five minutes. You know, I'm going to pour the water with, you know, love in my heart and then take time, breathe it in. Just like all of the, you know, the senses, get them all kind of revving and and really make it an event kind of. I love that. Could you share with us your journey in becoming more mindful in your daily rituals and and your journey with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I ended up um, being dubbed the ritual queen by my first coach that I had. And I was, we were talking just about like all the things that I do on a daily basis. And I implemented all of these practices into my day on my healing journey because um, like I do therapy and, and things like that, like the traditional things, but I wanted more than just, you know, like my weekly therapy session to keep me um, in a good space. So like I, every day I meditate, I journal, I, you know, some sort of movement, um, like my cup of coffee in the mornings or reading a book. And 
So I'm like going over all of this with her and like I have this little poster on my wall that I'll like write and like if an affirmation or something or some sort of mantra or something I want to work on, like I put it on a little post-it and I stick it on there and, you know, then a couple of times a week I just kind of read through them and just kind of refocus myself. And she was like, holy shit, you're like a queen of rituals. So that's kind of how like that that came to be. But yeah, a few years ago whenever I... I kind of call it my breaking point when I kind of really decided I needed some help with my mental well-being and um, finally started my own healing journey. I did the traditional of a therapist and medication and things to really pull me out of that super dark space that I was in. Um, and then once I started, you know, feeling a little bit better and getting back to being, you know, myself again, um, I kind of dove deeper into uh, the whole world of, you know, coaching and yoga and mindfulness. And now I really, it's really an essential part of my days and my processes and my journey. Yeah, so the the point of a, of a ritual to me in any sort of healing journey, no matter what you've gone through, and of course there's all different levels, right, of the pain and trauma and the loss that we all experience, but you can kind of tackle it all from the same, like you said, headspace or mindset, and that's when you have these little routines or rituals throughout your day, it kind of keeps you on track. And because I have found, like we all, everybody on a healing journey can slip backwards, right? Like you, we always humans have these days where it's just not good. And whether it's a day, a week, a month, whatever, you always have the power to shift yourself back out of it. But you also have to give yourself the grace to feel and work through whatever's coming up for you. So whenever I find that I'm like starting to slip and I'm letting my um, my rituals, my routines, my habits, and all of that kind of go to the wayside, I notice that that's when we need them the most, right? Like when we're when we're having our bad days or we're in our bad space, that's when we need them the most, but that's when it's the easiest to kind of let them go and just kind of live in that dark space. So I kind of give myself a little bit of ease when that happens, and I still will try to do something, whether it's journaling out, like, whatever's coming up for me, or even just trying to read something, or, like I said, making a cup of tea or something like that, um, but they really help just kind of keep you some focus on you, and that's basically what it's all about, is when we're going through this journey of trying to better ourselves or make ourselves, you know, feel more loved or productive, you have to put focus on yourself. And for a lot of us, that's one of the hardest things to do is to have focus on ourselves. But when you can take, whether it's 5, 10, 15 minutes out of every single day and have this little ritual that is for nobody else but you, it allows you to begin to feel better about yourselves. It allows you to begin to feel like you're worthy of that time to understand that, you know, if you love yourself, that's going to radiate out and it's going to let others, you know, reciprocate that love back to you. So it's really just all about you and taking time for yourself and, 
and building up that confidence and that worthiness that we tend to let go by the wayside. As you were sharing, it made me think about how when I do take time for myself, I'm able to develop self-compassion and love for myself and respect. And like you said, when we Mm -hmm. are giving ourselves that good energy, those good vibes, we're then able to offer that to other people and also attract other people who who has that good energy as well. Yeah, when you can when you can feel better about yourself and you can love yourself and that can radiate out, then you know that you deserve that same love and rect and compassion return to you that you're giving to others. And when you're not taking that time for yourself, then you're just pouring into everybody else and zapping your own energy, then what you're getting back doesn't feel so good. So if you can learn to give yourself some time and love, and then that's going to radiate out, and then that's what you're going to attract back. Teresa, I was wondering if you could share some advice because I personally know some people who they don't know where to start on their self-love journey. They don't Mm -hmm. really know how to develop self-care routines or rituals. What advice do you have for such people who don't know where to start? Yeah, starting is one of the hardest things to do. Um, Just you have to start small and make it sustainable. And it has to be something that you enjoy doing because otherwise it's just going to feel like something else on your to-do list and it's not going to become a priority. So one of the things that has helped, um, you know, other women that I've worked with is I've developed, I call it a self-care menu. And what you do is you break it down into columns based on the time that you can allot yourself, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes. And you just take a little bit of time in your day, write it, do it on your notepad on your phone. I'm a pen and paper kind of girl because I'm old school. but um, And just write down things that you enjoy doing. So make a list of things that you like to do that make you feel good, that make you feel better, that bring you joy and happiness, and write them under each column. And then it kind of takes the guesswork out of it. So if you wake up like 30 minutes before your kids get up or, you know, before you have to go to work or you have to start actually start doing your day and you can devote 15 minutes to yourself, then you can look on your list and you can be like, okay, I have 15 minutes. I can do this for myself today. Or I have five minutes, so I can do this for myself today. And like I said, it's just start small. Like, get yourself up. Sit on a porch with a, your favorite beverage, whether it's tea or coffee or matcha, you know, whatever you like. You know, just give yourself that time to just be alone and, you know, whatever you believe in, whether it's praying or just grab a book and read a couple of pages or just every day try to do something for yourself that makes you feel good and you don't have to overcomplicate it like it doesn't have to be this super long you know 27 step thing just pick like one or two things and then as you go you can build upon it and as you get more comfortable with it then you're going to want to start adding more in and doing more for yourself but it's really just about starting and starting small and picking like that one little thing that would make you so happy if you could just do it for yourself every single day. Something that came to my mind when you mentioned being alone and doing your ritual, 
It reminded me of times in my life when I was afraid to be alone, and being alone with my thoughts、yeah. made me extremely、mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And creating rituals is an opportunity for us to be comfortable with our discomfort and with our pain,、yeah. with our doubt. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. That is where the growth lies in the healing. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna make any progress in your journey if you don't get comfortable with yourself. And two ways that I have found that helps with that, because yeah, being alone with yourself can be scary, and being alone with your thoughts can really be. Uncomfortable. So, a couple of things to try to get you started and get you out of that discomfort, I guess, is if you want to start meditating, don't try to just jump right into sitting in silence because that'll make you go crazy. <laughs> like you, it'll just be your thoughts running rampant through your brain. So, you know, go on YouTube and find like a quick five or ten minute guided meditation to get you started because that'll get you out of your own head. But it's also going to get you into your into your body and into a state of you know more peacefulness and calmness because somebody's going to guide you through it.、Um, another thing that I I'm a big big believer in journaling, like just because personally it has helped me on my journey so much. So when your head is kind of going crazy, just brain dump it onto paper. And there's something about taking it out of your head, letting it flow through a pen and onto some paper, that it really is like a release. It it really gets, it just gets you out of just the repetitiveness that goes on in our brains, and it allows you to kind of just let it flow out of you. So, if journaling's not really for you, try to do it like on a.、Um, Voice memo or something, just like talk it out. But you have to find a way to release what's going on in your brain to begin to get comfortable with the silence and with being alone with yourself. So, those are two ways that I would recommend kind of starting the process of being alone with yourself. Thank you for sharing that. Because in this of age of technology and an increase in overdoses and addictions, we need to have more conversations. I, I strongly believe this that we need to have more conversations on healthy escapes. And I love what、yeah. you said about journaling because you need to. You need to let it out, and instead of escaping in toxic ways, something as simple、mm-hmm. and clean and safe as journaling allows the mind and the body to be able to release negativity in a way that doesn't harm、yeah. anyone. And it's a safe container、mm-hmm. just for you; like nobody's gonna see it. Like when I started, like I was in a really Negative, depressed state with where I was having suicidal thoughts, and I was afraid to tell anybody about what was going on in my mind because it was scary. And so, even like to talk to a therapist, it was scary to like speak out loud what was going on in my mind. So, writing it out gave me that medium, gave me that platform to be able to release it out of my body. 
without actually having to worry about judgment from anybody else. Have you ever gone back to read your journal entries though? Um, I have skimmed through a couple just as more of a reflective state to see like how far I've come. So, you know, I being somebody that suffers from mental health and depression and stuff, it's always kind of lingering, right? Like it's always there. It's always something that can slip back in. So if I feel myself kind of going down that path and, and letting like the, the negative creep in or the self-doubt and stuff, I'll grab an old journal and I'll kind of, you know, maybe skim through it and then jump to something like more recent. And then it just allows me to like see how far I've really come. If I'm, if I think, oh God, like I, I'm exactly where I was three years ago. Well, I'm not, and I can see that by going back through. But I don't really spend a lot of time going back through and rereading, just because it's just like a release in the moment, and I just let it out, and then I move on. So I really only do it when I need some sort of like reflection to kind of help center me to where okay. I'm at today. That makes sense. I was just curious because sometimes I do go back yeah. and look at my old journal entries because it does help me sometimes to develop compassion for myself, especially when I read mm. painful things that I had experienced. And it does give me the courage that because I was able to overcome that, whatever difficulty I'm going through now, yeah. even though it might be a different challenge, not necessarily to compare the pain, but that because I have gone through what I've gone through right. in the past, I can continue to overcome mm -hmm. whatever comes my way. Yeah, and that's beautiful. And that just shows that everybody's experiences are different and how we, you know, how one thing works for somebody may not for somebody else. So that's another part of it too, of course, is, you know, you have to, you have to develop it to work for you in your way and, and not compare to how somebody else works their journey. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. I hope that any listener listening yeah. right now is learning from these different options because like Teresa said, every journey is different. What works for different people won't be the same for everyone and we're all here to support each other and learn from each other. Teresa, yeah, absolutely. Teresa, I was wondering if you could share with listeners how they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So I'm pretty easy to find because I'm known as the Ritual Queen. So you can find me at my website, which is just theritualqueen.com. I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all of them at the Ritual Queen. Um, if you would like more support, um, you know, you can connect with me there. I do have a Facebook group called Ritual Queens. And if you have interest in the book that I wrote it's available on Amazon awesome Teresa is there a question you feel like I should have asked you or is there anything you'd like to add before we end um I think that you did a remarkable job with your questions they were they were very powerful so thank you um and the last little tip that I guess I would just like to leave is for those that do have um, that struggle with being alone with themselves or feeling comfortable with themselves and it's something that I had started doing and I call it my confidence challenge and it's just looking at yourself in the mirror every single day for 
I don't know, start out with like five, ten seconds because for those of us who aren't super comfortable with ourselves, it can be hard to actually look yourself in the eye in the mirror. So just do it for like five, ten seconds and then kind of build on that every single day. But when you do it, say something nice about yourself. Give yourself a compliment. And it can be really triggering and really hard at first if you're if it just makes you uncomfortable, but I promise the more that you do it, it really will build up your confidence and it will just, it'll kind of start that self-love and self-healing process. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that tip. Thanks so much, Teresa. I'm so grateful that we were able to have this conversation today. Hey friend, thanks for listening. For those of us who are codependents or people please us, taking care of ourselves is sometimes lost on our to-do list. I hope this episode encourages you to put yourself first and take care of yourself before taking care of others. See you next time.